Things you never hear from F1 fans, number 64. Who won? Vettel? Wow! Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. We are core eight for the first time since Le Mans. Welcome to Richard Porter. Hello. Zog. Hello. And I'm Gareth. What's more boring, Formula One or the fact that Final Cut Pro X is rubbish? I've been ranting enough about Final Cut for the last week, so let's talk about F1 instead. Cool. Yes. I think it's called Final Cut 10, isn't it? I can't it, call it X, it's bad. No, I'm it's... afraid I don't use Final Cut. I We're never on. used Final Cut, I don't really understand how it works, but I would find it more interesting than the race in Valencia. Yes. Uh, which I raced back from a delightful weekend in the country for and then sort Mm. of regretted that I had. You remember how beautiful it was that day, that Sunday, when the Nancy race was on? Yeah, I raced back. We both arrived in just at the start of the race. I'd been up in Essex somewhere, researching a song, probably, and we both fought our way through traffic and... We got oh, great, great, exciting. Here it goes, and it went off with a splut, Oof. didn't it? Now, what are the chances of that happening, and why did that happen in a season where we've got rubber, which is supposed to give us entertainment from the moment that they even turn up at the circuit? And DRS is it that blooming circuit, or is it a tire oh, compound? I'm going to say that it's that circuit. Yeah, yeah in, really. in a word, it blooming. just is yeah. because we've seen at. Pretty much every other circuit this yeah. season, some extraordinarily good racing. And we can say that the tyres and the DRS working well to create that good racing. So, what went wrong at Valencia? It's just the fact. It's a boring circuit. And isn't it brilliant, then, that Bernard Eccleston immediately is quoted as saying, oh, I hope we'll be coming back to Valencia for many years, or words to that effect. And you sort of feel like he's almost sometimes just trying to be spitefully annoying to all F1 <laughs> fans, just so that we can talk about him, as we are now. I think he enjoys it. He does a very good job of whipping up publicity, doesn't he? But, yeah, but I don't know, Valencia, he's got the wrong kind of corners, hasn't it? It just doesn't have the right... He's got a bridge. It's, hang on, listen. What is that noise? It's a kettle. Hang on. <laughs> That's our new kettle. We've got this kettle. That kettle's really kettle. groovy. You should put a picture it, it, of the kettle on the website. OK, that'll be the picture for this show, the kettle, which is two rooms away, but you can hear it. That's unusual. Yeah. But if you could see it, you would appreciate why it's a kettle of wonders. <laughs> anyway, um, back to... Bernie Eccleston. Back to Bernie Eccleston and Bernie Eccleston, for me, is more like Johnny Rotten in that he says stuff to be a cervic, just to wind people up, than anyone else I know. He's completely his own man. He says what he wants. He's oh, I know. We've role. said this on the show before. Well, I've said this on the show before, I know, because it was probably only about two shows ago, that <laughs> if we didn't have Bernie... We'd miss him. Oh, and when yeah. he does finally go, and Formula One is bought by a conglomerate that involves Ferrari, or whatever will happen, mm. we'll be going, oh, why haven't we got a pantomime villain in yeah. charge anymore? When we generally complain about drivers not being colourful enough, not being quotable enough, things just getting a little bit too colourless and drab, for it's... all the idiocy of some of the things that Eccleston says, and he certainly said some incredibly stupid things last year, but yeah, you'd miss him if he wasn't there. Can I say this? I miss Flav. I miss Max. Jean Tot has brought very little to the table, really, for us to poke fun at at the moment. He's very low profile. You can and poke I'm... fun at his rather vague grasp of voting rules. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's supposed to be yeah. in charge. Was it unanimous? 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's accept blatter from the back. FA. <laughs> oh, wait, no. That brings me on. I was going to bring this up anyway, since we're talking about the FIA. The new engine rules, which have sort of been ratified pretty much, but maybe not. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, I thought they had. Everyone's got... Uh, from 2014, V6... Oh, wait, is it, I V6. it 2016 now, or is it not? Am I thinking I, I, of a V16 two, engine? No, it's 2014, but they will rev up to 16 yeah. revs, as opposed to the 12 that was initially suggested. This is classic. It's the legacy of Max. This is how Max... Mosley used to do these negotiations. He said, next year you will only have £15 to spend on your car. And, and they, they go, say, we can't do it for less than £10 million. And they agree for £9 million, yeah. you know, And that's all he wanted to do. And it's the same game again. It's you want, you'll settle for, you get. It's like that scene where, was it Life of Brian? 40 for that, you must be joking. It, yeah, it, I think Max yeah. mistakenly believed that he wasn't at a series of Formula One races. He was actually in a Tunisian bazaar <laughs> trying to buy a small statue of a camel <laughs> just going in uber low on every price knowing full well that it would then get bartered up significantly for instance if you were going to buy a Talbot Matra Simca Rancho oh don't get me you started know. on that uh, yeah, yeah that's definitely too big a subject to get yeah definitely. no it's not uh, if it's advertised for 1700 you go in I there d- say, I I'll know what? Four. I'm loath to mention this because basically Johnny Smith fifth gear presenter and friend of Gareth Jones on speed sent me a text this morning <laughs> that started with you're the only one I can trust on this Rich <laughs> which is an interesting start to a text and, and, and yeah, you, I thought you know it's going to get you into trouble don't yeah. you yeah. John's not yeah. the kind of guy who'd have murdered someone so I'm, I'm assuming it's car related anyway you learned last time <laughs> And, yeah, he'd found a Matra Rancho for sale on eBay and he wondered if I wanted to go halves on it. (laughs) Halves, um, what, the good part of the rusty half? Well, yeah, because the back half is fiberglass and probably won't rust so much. Zog has a very dim view of Matra Rancho. I do. Come I on, we've discussed love a Matra Rancho, but do I actually want to own one? Exactly. The question is, well, what would I do with it? And the answer is, I would park it at Johnny Smith's house. He would use it, <laughs> and his argument is that it's only going to go up in value. But essentially what I'm being asked is, do I want to give Johnny Smith £850 <laughs> so he can buy that. a Matra Rancho that I can occasionally go and look at? Hey, <laughs> look at it rusting lightly outside his place. Yeah. Only parts of only it parts of it will yeah. be rusting. Now, what would you do with a Matra Rancho? You'd have to adopt a late 70s French lifestyle, wouldn't you? For people who have a lifestyle. I don't know. I'm never sure whether they sold well in France. They certainly didn't sell well here. My dad was about to buy a Talbot Solara in about 1981, and Mm. it was a precocious five-year-old me. One of the few cars named after a lolly ice. Yes, though there is also, if you remember, the Ford Raspberry Mivi and Fab One. Hey! (laughs) So yeah, my dad was uh, was looking at Talbots in the early 80s, and I desperately tried to persuade him that he should buy a Matra Rancho and he very sagely said don't be silly it looks four wheel drive but it's not it's really? just a silly mm-hmm. pseudo con car and I'll just get a Solara he and he point. did he did have a point but in a weird way the Matra Rancho was very ahead of its time the amazing thing is if I bought a Matra Rancho I'd have to take it up to show it to my dad and it would just be a bizarre kind of thing where my dad would probably go oh mate oh dear perhaps I was too hard on the Matra Rancho and it's had such an effect on him and now he's gone and spent £850 to go splits with that bloke off fifth gear for one probably one of about two or three left in Britain I think in fact I looked this up on that yeah. how many left website and I how think it genuinely is it's, no. it's, a, it's single figures really? I think wow. of ones on the road and there's a few more sawn but anyway wow. how have we got from the Valencia Grand Prix to this. Yeah, yeah come on. That is the beauty of this programme. People say you've got to have a plan. No, you don't. Well. 
So, Lewis, the 2011 season so far, is it going to plan? Plan? Things you never hear from F1 fans, number 82. Oh, I wish they were ditching the V8s for four cylinders still. Things you never hear from F1 fans, number 236. I wish there were more races like Valencia. Yes, Petrol! We don't go on speed! I tweeted a bit of news which the first person I saw talking about it was Tim Pollard from Carr who said, oh, Porsche, going back to Le Mans. And so I looked around and there was no news on the internet about it. I thought, great, I better get this out. And I tweeted it with Zog's Twitter ID in there saying, when Zog hears about this, he's going to go super nova. And Zog, speaking from Richard's side of the microphone for a moment... I haven't actually turned into a giant collapsing and then exploding star, but uh, I'm pretty excited. (laughs) I did that, darling. (laughs) Porsche going back to Le Mans, suggesting... Because the video that they've done to advertise this is kind of 917s, is that right? Showing the glory days? Yeah, I haven't actually had a chance to look at any video today, so I haven't seen that video. But yeah, obviously, yeah, the 917 and 956 have been the foundation of an extraordinary record that Porsche has had at Le Mans over the years. Recently, Audi has been dominant, and clearly Audi will be out of the way by the time Porsche comes in. I can't imagine that, given the links between the companies, that Audi is still going to be there when Porsche introduces their prototype Mm. and Audi I'm sure feel that they'll have achieved a period of remarkable dominance that's historic in a sense they could only they can only go downhill from here it's called Schumacher syndrome isn't it (laughs) so ideally Audi should call it quits after winning another couple of months and then give a few years and then come back again but the car (laughs) would be a bit out of shape and we'll be beaten by a younger team exactly (laughs) (laughs) rebellion uh, it's interesting to see what happens on the powertrain side of things because at the moment diesels and petrols are not quite equally treated by the rules some people would say there seems to be a consensus among the teams that maybe the diesels are slightly favoured by the rules even with the mm-hmm. evening up that the ACO has been doing and you know I'm sure they're trying to get it right but it seems to be a difficult equivalent to get right. I love the way they tweak um, those sort of things oh no 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 we have to make the fuel filler slightly narrower oh no no the air restrictor slightly it's very subtle very simple little changes well it, you know it, sometimes you only need a little bit of difference on a lap time you know to mm. uh, even things up over a race um, Speaking of Porsche, as we were, sorry, I just remembered something. I've just been reading up today. There's some details are starting to trickle out about the all-new 911 that is coming very, very shortly. Do we know what the model number is of this? Yeah, 991. They're going backwards. Eh? Why is it well, the Because 997, they could only go well, to 998. Oh, I see. And I don't know why they didn't, except there was this weird rumour doing the rounds that the 911 was going to get a V8 engine. No! Well, this seems to have come from the fact that supposedly they had a development car at the factory to shake down the Panamera V8, 
which they'd uh, wedged it into the back of a 911. I imagine it might have done some horrid things to the handling, but maybe not. It's maybe not a very heavy It made engine. it handle like an older 911. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, it just takes me back. I almost died. A rear and, engine uh, V8? When was the last time we had one of those? Tartra, probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, were they uh, flat sixes? But No, they were V8, they were they? V8s back there sometimes. Yeah. They're cooled, though. Yeah. Yes. Well. Very Porsche. Like. Heritage. Because that's where they stole a lot of the ideas from in the first place. No, no, no. We did not steal. We just had the same uh, idea from yeah. a cross-border. Yes. And so, um, look, there's Tacky and him. Knock him down. <laughs> to do That's that. what Tatra's most four. known for, in our minds at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tacky Anui is on Twitter, by the way. Oh, is he? He is too. Yeah, I, uh, I suppose we keep mentioning Twitter in this show, but why not? You must um, be following. Do you know I'm not because I can't bring myself to believe it's really him. I'm sort of abiding <laughs> my time because I don't want to have don't my want to heart broken to Fair find enough. that it's not a hapless buffoon and that one of his tweets won't be. Oh, I like it here in Hungary. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the, uh, the new nine. Well, all I know so far. What are the rumours? Hang on, I wish well, you could. See, hang on, hang on, well, stop, stop, stop! I wish you could see Zog wringing his hands at the moment. It's a shame this is an audio show. Zog's head no, is about thirty I I, degrees bit, to one side. He's yeah. ringing his hands. Going, tell me, Richard. Tell me. Tell a bit, me. Bit itchy. Bit itchy. Just <laughs> scratching. All right. So the headlines that I have, it is pretty much all new. So it's only the third time that the nine eleven has truly been all mm. new. Mm-hmm. A lot of aluminium in it, longer Good. wheelbase, engines are the same engines except that they've all been tweaked up against so the direction injection ones they brought back in. They've reduced the size of the Carrera engine from 3.6 down to 3.4, but the S keeps the 3.8, and that's about it. And, and I mean, it still looks like a 911 from what I can tell. I haven't seen official pictures yet, but yeah, they have released well, some pictures of some taped-up prototypes. I saw They're one, not going to yeah. change that look too radically, are no, they? No, 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 of course uh, not. So they've obviously yeah, worked quite hard to keep the proportions the same, like even though they've made like it longer that. and bigger. And the interior is a bit sort of Panamera-ish, same sort of switches and things like that. It looks a bit busy, a lot of buttons on it. Mm-hmm. The weirdest thing for me is that there'll be the double-clutch PDK gearbox yep. that you can get on the 911 now. 40 points. Who can say what PDK stands for? Can anyone Porsche do it here? No, no. It's... Porsche Yeah. So you say. Bing. And so that is a seven-speed double-clutch gearbox. However... It's all right, I heard you the first time. Because it's double-clutch, it's actually a manual box. Because it's double-clutch... It's a manual gearbox. It's just the mechanism, the robotized double yeah. clutch thing. So the actual box is a manual. Now they're saying they could do an actual manual using the same seven-speed gearbox, a seven-speed normal gate change with a clutch on it. You'd never find the wow. right gear exactly. ever, would you? Be a First, oh, I mean seventh, no, second. No, they, they said they can nightmare. do it. They didn't say they will do it, though, did they? It's a bit hazy at the moment. But the implication is they are going to do it because they're dropping the old six-speeder, and in turn, the old six-speeder is the only gearbox that connects up to the racing engine, the one that's in the GT3 RS 4-litre that's just come out, and all of the GT3s and GT2s. And, sorry, GT2 RS just come out, hasn't it? Anyway, there's loads of these things, I get confused. But the racing engine in road cars has come to the end of its life. It will not go Mm. into the new car because... One of the reasons being there isn't a suitable gearbox. So it implies this seven-speed manual is going to happen, which is veered. Well, okay. well, two thoughts. What about a sequential shift? Or secondly, is there an equivalent to the H pattern that you could come up with that makes any sense for a seven-speed clock? It's like a mad octopus on the diagram. No, no, I was thinking, yeah, some kind of sort of starfish thing on you. It would have eight branches, wouldn't it? A clock face. 
Yeah. You clock face of first, then you go to number two for second, third, fourth, fifth, and then you can go from ninth to uh, third. Then I mean, there, would, there wouldn't be a single sensible change. There wouldn't be the equivalent of shifting from first to second straight across. Or actually, I quite like the clock face idea. I, I, I may have hit on something there. It would have to have at least six. Would be good. Or four. Oh, hang on, we're going backwards now. No, I know it, it's better if you have an odd number rather than even. If you're going to go with this radiating thing, it's better to have an odd number because if you've got an even number, you could go straight across the box yeah. and you'd kind of go from first to fourth whereas you want to go from first into the middle and then shift into second mm-hmm. see what I mean you yeah, 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 yeah 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 it's just this is I'm all not, too complicated spirograph Oh, man, alive. Anyway, there you go. The new 911, almost undrivable by the sound. (laughs) Yeah, if we have anything to do with it. Things you never hear from F1 fans, number 174. Ah, F1's just not the same without Zolt Baumgartner. Things you never hear from F1 fans, number 98. Ooh, Hamilton's being extra cautious today. Things you never hear from F1 fans, number two. So, um, Felipe Massa, is he the number one or the number two driver? Gareth Jones on speed. For the final part of this Gareth Jones on speed, I thought we'd talk about two cars separated by... A million miles, and yet inextricably linked. The first car is the car that you've been driving, what, all week, Richard? How long have you had this car? I've had it for four days now, so... It reminds me of what roadies say when you meet a roadie. Oh, how long have you been on tour? All f- day. <laughs> how long have you had this, this, this car How many all people week? work here? About half of them. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Other one. So yeah, for the past four days, I've been driving the new Ford Focus, which you're starting to see around now on the roads, which is what yeah. piques my interest, yeah. because I think from the front, as you see them coming towards you on the road, it is quite a handsome looking thing. And just this week, they've announced the estate one goes on sale, and I actually saw one. Weekend, which obviously is right up your street, Gareth, isn't it? Because it's Ford, Ford and it's an estate, so it's what's not to like. And yeah. I'm not convinced about the back of the hatchback, but I do like the whole of the estate. I think it's really nice looking. The one I've got is the hatch, and it's in this sort of funny acidy green, which I'm not particularly keen on. But that's about all I'm not particularly keen on, because I think it's really good. It's terrific. I read some road tests of it, and people saying, oh, it's a bit more grown-up, it's not as fun to drive as the old Focus. And But that's what they said about the previous yeah, generation. Yeah, exactly, and then the more that you drove it, the more you appreciated it was still rather good. In fact, I had an old generation Focus as a hire car just the other week. and Oh, great, you were uh, able to do was, the comparison. Yeah, it was, in fact, I've had a couple recently, and yeah, they're still really nice cars to drive. And this one is a step on. It is more grown-up. It's one of those cars you get in, and you go, do you know what, if I need to buy a car, a family car, you know, just probably just get one of these why would you yeah. need any more it's a yeah. car it does all the things a car needs to do it feels quite well made yeah any time in recent years that I've stepped into a new Ford I've always been impressed maybe this comes from having slightly I don't know mediocre expectations of the cars in the first <laughs> place which is I think generally in my baseline always thought much better of them having tried them out. Mm. There's some truth in that. You know, it's that thing about the most satisfied car owners in the world are Skoda drivers, aren't they? Because they yes, don't expect that the much. the expectations and it's are lower. Mm. And because also they're still fighting prejudice, yeah. when the JD Power survey comes out, they leap into action 
and go, my Skoda's brilliant. Listen to my Skoda. Possibly assuming they're the only person in the world who's going to defend Skodas. Now there are millions of people defending Skodas, yeah. and they're always at the top of JD Power. Mm. With very happy With owners. Whereas Skoda's I think people buy VWs, which Skodas are based on, and go, well, if only everything in life was as reliable as a Volkswagen. Oh, hang on a minute, it rattles, and now the diesel injectors have failed. Mm. I'm going to express my displeasure. It's TV's Violet Berlin. Yay. Hello, can I butt in to ask a really obvious question, which you can cut out if you want? Yeah, please please do. know oh. this, because I was... Anyway, OK, so I've been... Dro- oh, sorry, <laughs> cut out in the edit. I thought you meant, like, cut... Right, sorry, go on. So I was lurking in the background, and I just didn't catch what's the difference between what makes a new Ford the great new Ford... Because you've been driving them both, why do they need to bring a new one out? And what's better? Yeah, why do they need well, to bring the, a new one? The, the, why do you need to bring a new car? It was really good, but the thing is that one of the things they've done with this new car is load it with stuff, the equipment that people now want out of their cars, and it's really hard sometimes to engineer in some fancy new feature into an old model because there's hundreds of metres of wire in a car and then you've got to try and weld in. It's not like, you know, just having a so it's the burglar alarm put in your house. It's, it's, the electrics is one reason. Also, safety standards go up. It's very hard to re-engineer the body of a car to be safer because you can't just let in a heavier bit of metal. That'll ruin everything. There, are, there are rules about the height mm. of bonnets and the yeah, angle of bonnets stuff, regulations now, which weren't well. a few years ago. You want to make the car more efficient, one of the easy ways to do it is to make it lighter and more aerodynamic. It's really hard to get weight out of a car once you've designed it and started making thousands of them. It's really hard to make it more slippery because it's the shape it is. So you're and particularly saying... to make it lighter without making it less safe. Something yeah. but... So it's just a general upgrade to take all these new rules and materials and sort of design... Yeah, plus, uh, there's a very simple, really basic sales reason, is that people like new things and things that look new, and that car design changes very, very subtly, but it does change. The proportions and the detailing of cars change all the time, and they evolve to keep things fresh. You've got to have a fresh-looking car. Ford are brilliant at selling cars because they give the customer fresh-looking things all the time. And Ford are the grand masters, in my opinion, of the 91 model improvements over the, you know, a fresh facelift. Brilliantly in the 80s and 90s, they just, like, bung some two-tone paint and some alloy wheels on something and go, oh, look, it's called the LX now, and people would go... Or the Crusader. We want one of those, though, because it looks a bit nicer than my L. We did fall for it. We did. Yeah, stop me if I'm boring you, but the other reason why they need to create a new Focus is because this Focus is going to be sold all around the world. One consistent car all around the world, by which they can then get economies of scale, which also then allows them to fit the really high-tech stuff, like radar cruise control. It's got this thing that I haven't got the balls to test, where if you aren't paying attention in traffic and you come up against a traffic queue at low speed, like crawling through London, if you don't brake in time because you're not paying attention, it will brake for you so you don't have a little five-mile-an-hour accident to the guy in front. I haven't got the guts to try it. That came out of the Volvo relationship, didn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. But you see, we've had cars that have done that, but are you sort of saying they're putting these in cars now of the cost yeah, of, sort the of Ford. Exactly. Do you the only that? reason Ford Technology can do it is because they're going to sell yeah. a million, million, million of them all around the world. So the economies of scale mean they can develop this technology and be confident they'll get their remember, money back on it. Do you remember that Lexus we had, the LS yeah. 600H that would park itself yeah. and how we were all astonished yeah. at that? Mm-hmm. What, two, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Focus does that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Focus. Which engine you got very quickly? It's the last thing uh, on it. It's a 1.6 turbo, 150 horsepower petrol yeah. engine. Lovely gear change on it. Nice steer. It's, it's got an electric steering rack on it now rather than yeah, hydraulic yeah. and yet it feels yeah. really normal and nice and natural Americans not that, like that weird thing yeah the only thing that marks it out as a car that's going to be sold in America oddly is that first of all on the air conditioning Which? it's got a <laughs> but no it's, it's, uh, well, it's bigger but it's not stupidly big you drive around Britain without going oh god this car's huge unlike the Mondeo now which has got a bit too it's big it's big yeah anyway um, it's got a button on the air conditioning that just says max AC on it and you push yeah. that and everything's like <laughs> 
until you freeze your nose off. And, and that's because they like that in Florida and California and yeah. places in the US where it gets really hot. Mm. And also probably in Australia and Thailand and all the other countries where it's hot and they'll sell this car. And also the air conditioning display on the one I've got has got climate control and it's ruddy awful. It's like a 70s calculator, like American cars still have. Yeah. Americans seem to like that. Can you sell Shell oil in it? On, if you roll the car, down upside down. if yeah. you could, yeah, I've tried to dial the temperature into be uh, 808,733 <laughs> <laughs> and then it rolled the car and it said <laughs> 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 So, yeah, that's the only thing that sort of really identifies it, but that's the thing that people in Texas will be buying pretty much the same car as people yeah. in Leicester, as people in Rome and in Sydney and all over the world they'll be buying this Focus and fair play to them, if you buy one of those Focuses you've bought a good car, because it is, it's really, really sound bit of work that I've always admired the Focus. We had a rental Focus estate for a while. It was superb. Listen, it hasn't got on power adjustable steering no, column, has no. it? I bet if it did, it was exactly the same as the one in the Jaguar that we've just driven. Well, that's a Ford Electric Mirror Control, isn't it, in those yeah. Jags still? Yeah. Is it yeah. the one with a really we, knobbly texture on it? We went, as you know, to Le Mans in the new Jag XJ L, the long wheelbase version. Which was fab, wasn't it? So it was oh, yeah, no, it was a, b- a very elegant and swift ride. Perfect golf trip. It was, but there were three things that let it down. These are minor criticisms. The column control was a Ford Focus, well, Mondeo, I suppose, really, gnarled knob, exactly the same. And that was the only thing that really tweaked through its Ford heritage, apart from the fact that if you stand far enough back from it, you know, this sort of distance, and you look at the Jag XJL like that, you squint slightly, you go, oh, they're still making the Scorpio as a hatchback. It really has. It's got... Really? No, yeah, no. come on, that glass work around the rear horse no, there. No, because the Scorpio no, no. had a lovely sort of wraparound glass thing, and I know they've tried to create that wraparound effect on the Jag, but it doesn't really look like it's wraparound. Right. There's a big ring of chrome around the... It's close. No, I mean, it has elegant, understated... Looks. I was surprised at how much attention it got. Yeah. To be honest, because it doesn't scream at you with its lines. It's a fairly understated. Uh, it's the, a classy the, act. It's a yeah, class it act. It's not a. It's not aggressive a at the front. The isn't big, it? Grill. That big grill. Big yep. grill. Huge yep. grill. Can Good I just say it's to TV's back up, back up Zog here it was that it was parked outside our house for a couple of days. And I didn't notice it. Oh. So this, this, this car has been outside the house, and I don't really notice cars that much. But it doesn't—it yeah, doesn't stand out in a sort of flashy way. In France, they loved it though. When we mm. went to the oh, classic yeah. British welcome, you know, oh, there's a Bentley, nice Bentley, no, no, Jaguar. They haven't seen it. It's still quite rare. It didn't it have an air of uh, presidentiality about it. You had a bit like of yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a bit, yeah. It was, it was bit, bits of the Men in Black. It's a bit, a mm. uh, bit Secret Service, which we like. Very briefly, a couple of things that I did particularly like about it on the trip back. I love the entertainment system, the dual-view screen, so that uh, while you were looking at yeah. the Satnav, I was watching the Marx Brothers movie that we yeah. always had coming over Which the Which I was hysteria. listening to. Yeah. So yeah. that was, uh, it was a bit like listening at the time, because I was watching this movie and I was looking at the same one to see my navigation stuff. It was like watching a movie with the audio description for the blind engaged, because I was saying, ah, Harpo is now playing a very funny... And I could hear the soundtrack. It was great. Yeah, they, uh, they, I think I was explaining how there was the scene coming up was the one in which actually Zappo actually played Groucho because yeah. Groucho wasn't well. And he, was it he, Zappo, not, not Chico, who played it? It was Zappo, yeah, because Zappo, Z- yeah. Zappo sometimes used to play Groucho's parts in the stage shows oh. and Groucho used to say that he thought that Zappo actually did it better than him. Actually, if he could get away with it, he'd have let Zappo do it all the time. So it changed um, the nature of the conversations we could have in the car because he could watch movies while I was driving. 
It's I amazing. I find that annoying because I'd want to see what the film was doing. Yeah, but it's still I, a terrific I, I would, bit of technology. I think you can get headphones, great. can't you, to override yes, it with it Yes, happened. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. Because and did you, you try could, as well? It's got the Bluetooth streaming for your music. Yeah, we did all that. Which we is very that. clever, and yeah. I noticed now they Although we chose to do it via cable, but we could have streamed um, it via... It yeah, works all right. I've tried it in the Jack, and I tried it also. I discovered it almost by accident in a Peugeot 508 the other week, and it worked pretty well in there. I will mention that car some other time, mainly because it's got a million buttons all over the dashboard, all of them confusing. The infotainment on this Jack worked beautifully. We had two phones and iPods and stuff all connected very quickly, very easily, simultaneously. Yeah, we, so we didn't look at the manual. We, we managed to figure it all out, which, which I like. And I, I always like to be able to figure out the technology without having to look at a manual. It mm. had more USB sockets in that bit between the two front driver seats than a bloody Alienware gaming PC. Honestly, it was ridiculous. Like a six-port hub with two or three in there. But it really did integrate with your entertainment system very well. On the downside, the rear-view mirror makes everything look 16 by 9 when it was clearly shot 4 by 3 I kept driving and I'll look in the mirror and go what the hell's that Paul's well, 918 no it's a 911 it really did flatten everything there was some real distortion from that rear mirror I thought it was the rear window for a while but we eliminated it that it turned out to be the rear mirror so actually one of the most low tech parts of the car that's yeah. been in cars for many years turned out to be not very good. Yeah, but and I, yet I, it can basically beam music from space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> without a flaw. What an engine! That oh, V6. Well, and yeah, yeah. Diesel. I mean, yeah, it's got a bit of get up and go to it. And also the sound, although from the outside it does have a bit of the diesel rattle going on, from the inside it sounded beautiful. I was very, very happy with the sound of it from the other end. I've forgotten them wearing glasses and holding this piece of paper miles away from her face. What, what is this piece of paper with? Well, it, tiny it, writing on it. it. Yeah, it's tiny. It's the spec of the XJL. And the reason why I've got to wear glasses and the writing's so tiny is the spec is huge. They've mm. crammed it all onto one page. It was a XJ 3-litre L diesel, long wheelbase, portfolio, 69 grand in indigo blue, the same colour that the... D-type ran at Le Mans, if I remember. 20-inch mm. Kasuga wheels. I'll put some pictures on the website. Really great. Gave me back. Make sure you don't put a picture of the one that I curbed, if you can mm. possibly manage that. They haven't noticed. 20-inch mm. yeah. wheels, hard not to curb. That's I don't think thing. I was the only one that curbed one, though, was I? No, we were in Panamera's over the weekend that curbed their wheels, didn't we? Over the weekend. And it parked next to a Panamera. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. Huh. Sog, spend an hour in a Panamera, and you live with one for a weekend. I did, yeah, the Nexus. And I have, well, you know, it's, um, I maybe look on them a little bit more warmly, but it's still just isn't right. They haven't figured out how to make that back end work with that front. It's the wrong shape. On the work. spot, then, as a, as a Porsche file, Panamera or XJL? Because some people say the XJ is a better car than the Panamera, don't they, Richard? You've read that? Yeah, mm. I've driven both, and I think that I would rather have the XJ. The Panamera is impressive to drive, but god-awful to look at. Go on. Z? Much as it pains me to reject the better engineering, I think I'd go with the XJL. Wow! High praise indeed. We love that car. It was fast enough to get us into trouble in Friends, that's all I'm saying. A wonderful car. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. That was Zog. Goodbye. That was Richard. Goodbye. And the next time we meet will be our 150th episode, rather like that Ferrari that we're driving around this year. And may well coincide with my 50th birthday. God help us. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, or follow us on Twitter, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!